We are back. We are live. It is Thursday. Little home and home Wednesday, Thursday recording. Me and Baki. This is Northside Story Podcast. This is Blake the Cat Miller, joined by Jake Baki. As always, I'm not going to let Jake speak because I'm commanding the room right here. And I want to get ahead of it. I'm an ally, people, before we get started with this. I'm an ally. I'm an ally to uh, my brethren, my female brethren, to everyone. And if you may have noticed with the recent waiver wire claims, waking up Wednesday morning, the cat, hashtag claws up, spent all of his remaining fab on a one Deshaun Watson. Now, before we jump the boat, before we start sending me to the ocean or speaking ill about me, it's it's strictly business. I'm... I'm in a situation where I'm at number one in the division, number one in the league, got a two-game window here. I'm looking down at people in our league that are better than me. I need every advantage I can get. And it's unfortunate that the the advantage that I think I'm going to be getting with Deshaun Watson is coming from a like piece-of-shit human that shouldn't be playing this season at all. But I, but I want to win, and if if it means grabbing him, maybe waiting him out this week. I also picked up Trevor Lawrence, waiting it out this week, see if he catches fire, and then I roll into him potentially uh, last week of the season if I need a win to secure my buy spot. Or hell, maybe if I have a buy spot, I roll him out there while I get my starters a rest. But. It's a decision that I made. It's not a great one. It's really, I've been pretty moral throughout my fantasy football uh, livelihood, not drafting guys like Tyreek Hill or um, I can't think of any any other real bad boys. It's always Tyreek Hill that we always give people a hard time for. But I'm a human. I have my own flaws. I'm selfish. But I don't condone anything Deshaun Watson has done throughout this year and a half, two years. I think he's a horrible person. But in terms of fantasy football, it is what it is. And that's all I'm going to say on it. I'm not going to take any more questions. Jake, do you have any questions? No, I fell asleep during that entire thing. Um, I have nothing really to say to you regarding this. Uh, an unnecessary $45 spent since nobody else cared enough to, to pick him up. Shut up. Um, no one put any money on him? No, no one cares. No one cares about Deshaun Watson. He is someone that is on a bad football team, and he is a shit a piece of shit human being, and you unnecessarily spent 45 of your free agent uh, money to grab him. And like you said, you're selfish. Um, and I personally would not be able to root for someone on a Sunday to get an extra two points just because they were able to play after, you know, sexually assaulting several, if not upwards of 20 people, uh, 20 women. So, you know, you, you can sleep uh, at night knowing that you are supporting um, someone. I mean, you're eventually going to support someone that did those you know heinous acts um i'm not trying to like white knight it or stand on my high horse i just would stay away like i said i believe in curses and nicks picked him up and lost back-to-back weeks um so you know 
you know what I'm going to do? I'm doing this right now. I'm going to change my team name to at least I don't have Deshaun Watson. Doing it live and in the flesh. At least I don't. Let's see if I can even fit it. Have the Watson. There it is. I'm like refreshing the screen right now because I want to see it. My abbreviation is uh, going to be S-H-M-E. It's going to be shame. Standing for shame. Still waiting for it. There it is. So my team name is officially, at least I don't have Deshaun Watson. D-Watt? No. I mean, I couldn't fit Deshaun. It's not letting me. So, uh, yeah, that will be my team name the rest of the way. I'm hoping for some good juju uh, so I can sneak into the playoffs. And I'm hoping that you lose your last two games so we meet in the first round and uh, I potentially beat you like I have throughout this season. I... um... Yeah, that's there's nothing else I can really say. I'm 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 he's on my team. I spent the money. It it kills me knowing that no one put money on him, but it is what it is. It's a gamble. And that's it. Let's let's we're on a lighter note. Week 13 is upon us. We got 2 weeks left. I uh are we is have we always played this many weeks. I know that like the season has been elongated, but do yeah, we normally play this many weeks in the fantasy regular season? Yeah, it's always the whatever leads up to the three weeks uh, that go into playoffs, and then there's just that last week that's not played. Yeah. Uh, lots of teams six and six. You got one team eight and four, two, five, and seven. Every matchup is going to be a juicy one. We're going to go over all of them right now. We got Baki's bets at the end. Uh, a little bit of a heater he's on the last couple of weeks, and then yes, I got my totally. underdog pick of the what were you whispering at i just said yes sir oh i, I couldn't you're all flustered with the deshaun watson thing i, I am a little bit so let's just let's just go into the matchups let's go so let's dive into our first matchup this matchup i mean i'm i'm picking this one for us jake because this one already had a lot of guys going mm-hmm. uh we had phil we're going uh, the ghost of forte phil okamoto six and six fifth place up against the notorious Six and six, second place. These are like, I think these are the two hottest teams in the league right now in terms of points. I know Trey's team we talked about last week, three-headed monster, Josh Josh, ja- uh, Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, and then Phil's team, who's just consistently has been, just been putting up numbers. So the, we got a couple, we got a finale since we're recording on Thursday night, uh, that Bills-Patriots game. Stephon Diggs, 18 points. He was just cooking up that one corner. They kept showing him like Jacoby Jones or something. Um, Isn't it the same guy? Is it the same guy that caught the touchdown? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I believe Marcus that's Jones. Marcus Jones. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson, only 10 points, but I mean, you just saw it. Even though the offense couldn't really get going, it seems like every time I looked at the screen today, uh, it was in his hands and he was doing something either on the ground or when it wasn't working on the ground, they were throwing it to him. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a nice, like, one handed catch. That guy's, that guy's an absolute magnet for the ball. It is so cool to see. And then Josh Allen on the other side, pedestrian points, 16 points, and Buffalo Bills defense, five points. So if you're looking at early scoring, we're going to give the nod to Gosa Forte with uh, Stefan Diggs over predictions and I guess Ramondre Stevenson kind of limping in there. I, I believe, I mean, I expected a little bit more out of the Bills defense heading into this matchup, but Mac Jones and kind of how they coddle him, very – 
very simple game plan for them, just running the ball, not putting Mac Jones. Not like game's not decided by Mac Jones. He's not gonna force interceptions. He's not gonna they're not gonna have him go out of his way to pass that much. But there was a couple uh there was that one pick that would have been good for the Bills uh that got overturned because it uh landed on went to go to the ground and didn't survive impact. But Bills kinda lost out on some points there, but still all in all, let's go over the matchup as a whole. We'll start with Ghost Forte. Yeah, I uh, Ramondre Stevenson ten points. I mean, yeah, I, I think most of his points. He only had ten carries, so that was kind of a bummer for him. I actually didn't watch a single second of this game, um, so I was I'm just kind of looking at the stats right now. But Phil has some interesting matchups this week. I do feel like he has some tough ones. Um, Tua at San Francisco. I think that game. I think it's supposed to rain in San Francisco. Um, over the weekend, I'm going to check the weather right now on ESPN. Um, oh, it says it's going to be clear. So it's going to be a little colder, 50 degrees. Um, but that defense for San Francisco is so good. And um, I'm really interested to, to watch that game. I think that's my favorite game this weekend um, is this Niners-Miami uh, game. Uh, really, really good offense against a really, really good defense that's playing well. San Francisco has not allowed a point in the second half of the last four games, which is crazy. Filthy. Um, that's so sick. Yeah. And so Phil is actually sitting the Niners defense. And I kind of understand because Miami's offense has been so good. Um, but once again, here comes the Falcons defense. I, I just don't understand the, the play of the Falcons defense. I think he's done it three times this year. Um, using the Falcons' hit, defense, so didn't he hit on he hit on one? Was it the yeah, Chicago he, game? No, it was think it Chicago. was the Seattle game. They had a pick six in that game, and I don't think they did great, but I still think they had like six points. It was mm, early on the no. year. They had four points. And they had a. I thought they had a touchdown in that game. No, uh, they have touchdowns against the Rams, Carolina. Yeah, it. Maybe it was that Carolina game. I don't know. I I don't really understand. I feel like there's other defenses out there. Um, some other players dalvin against the jets that defense is good saquon against the uh commanders i really like the commanders front seven um the only matchup i really like for phil this week and i do think t higgins against kansas city i can't wait to watch that game as well those both of those one o'clock games are going to be fun to watch i think this is going to be an offensive just scoring just up and down the field i will say with jamar chase coming back um T. Higgins might have a little bit less of action, but they still throw the ball so much. So I feel like T. Higgins is a is a pretty good um, start there. So I like Phil's. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it. His team's great. We think it's really good. It's going to be there towards the end. But I think this is a week with some tough matchups. Yeah, uh, tough matchups and even a tougher opponent. I think just one, like I said, two of the hottest teams I think in the league. You got Phil with his consistency. And Trey, which has been evident with the six and six record, uh, team has just been bouncing up and down all season in terms of the highs of highs, the lows of lows. But he's right now on a little bit of a heater, and he's going up. I mean, he's going. Uh, Phil's going up against uh, a Josh Jacobs with a projection of twenty two and a half points mm-hmm. against your Chargers. Yeah, How quickly I... will that go over? Well, the thing is, is that he has been limited this entire week, and perhaps he is getting in the green light on Sunday. But this is how it was last week. He was limited mm-hmm. in practice, and actually kind of flared up on Friday, and then he decided to give it a go and had his best performance by far in his career. Um, but 
this Chargers team. I am nervous about this game. Um, the spread is actually favored for the Raiders. It's in Las Vegas. Um, it's only they're only favored by one, but I do feel like they are going to try to establish the ground game a lot. They didn't try. They didn't really establish the ground game that first game against the Chargers in Week One. Uh, but they it was did. a Devonte Adams game. Yeah, Devonte Adams had, and they were kind of down most of that game. They, yeah. they very much were. I think they were down seventeen to seven, and like at half or something like that. Uh, so they had to come out and start throwing the ball around. But Josh Jacobs has just looked so good, and I think Austin Eckler on the other side is going to have a great game against the Raiders. So mm-hmm. I do like Trey's matchups this week. I still think Marshawn Lattimore is out for the Saints. I'm not sure if he's come back this year. So Chris Godwin on Monday night. Chris Godwin, we kind of talked about um, going over Mike Evans um, with Sam's team in our last episode how he's kind of been like the guy that Brady's been throwing to short passes. Um, you know, he's had so many targets the last, basically the last two months. Um, and they're starting to turn in the touchdowns. He's had a touchdown in the last two weeks. So any, any touchdown he gets here, but we, we talked about it. We still don't really understand why Keenan is riding the bench. I actually reached out to Trey, have not gotten a text back, trying to get a last second Trey to see if I can get Keenan off his team. Um, but Keenan Allen deserves a start against that Raiders defense and definitely would start him over Devonta Smith and Tony Pollard, but um, definitely over Devonta Smith. Yeah, I'm with you. There's there's not much debate I can really push on you. Just looking at Devonta's stats or Devonta Smith's stats throughout the year and kind of I don't need to rehash all the sentiment that I said in the last episode. Uh, just Just his involvement, just who he is as a player, who he is on that offense. There's so many weapons and I mean – Really, really, the way that Miles Sanders has been going in that running game has been going as a whole with the extension of Jalen Hurts. I just don't think that the the priorities there for Devontae Smith, whereas Keenan Allen, it's it's almost Keenan Keenan or bust to really kind of solidify all the other offensive weapons on that uh, Chargers team. Kind of same mm-hmm. thing with Eckler. If they can't get Eckler going, then then that's going to cause issues just for the passing game as well. So I think Keenan's so important compared to Devontae Smith. Uh, Charlotte Everett's always also in there. Tony P's in there against Indianapolis. Just great matchups, I think. And um, this is just gonna be a barn burner. I, I, it, I think this is not a controversial statement saying this is gonna be the highest point output uh, between all matchups. I think should be. I'm expecting just a one. I'm expecting 115, 120, kind of around that mark. Just almost pretty much the same uh, point layout that the goes of uh, Phil's last matchup against Phillips. Um, mm-hmm. Two teams slugging it out, but who do you think is going to win this one? I'm going to take Trey's team. I think Phil is going to have – I don't really – I'm not sure if Phil is going to hit his projections, to be honest. Um, I think that Phil's team is definitely – it's not necessarily touchdown dependent, but he gets a lot of guys that have touchdowns, and so – I don't, and once again, I feel like whenever I say these things, they just don't, they they end up happening. But I don't see too many touchdowns this week from these guys, perhaps besides T. Higgins. And it's hard for me to see the Falcons' defense. I know they're going up against Kenny Pickett and, you know, yeah, against Kenny Pickett and that offense is not great, but the Falcons' defense is just not great. So, I, I definitely, and I feel like Phil sometimes listens to us, sometimes doesn't. I have a feeling that that might get switched around last second and 
perhaps he, you know, picks up the Giants defense that plays the Commanders or, you know, another defense that perhaps he can use um, to try and, you know, get more points. I just think it's kind of weird. And I, I think I don't think they're going to get negative points, of course, because I don't think the Pittsburgh offense is no. that well. But I don't think yeah. there's too many points here. And looking across at uh, Trey's team i do like the f- the first four players that he has in his lineups and i know one's already played and i will say that josh allen only scoring 16 so 17 points essentially is a win for phil mm-hmm. um and i think tua will probably get around that same amount um, but i do think if josh jacobs plays and austin eckler they they both are going to have around the projections if not even more so i will take phil in this matchup Sorry, Trey, in this matchup. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I'm going to go the other side. I'll go Phil here. I know the matchups in the top four guys are pretty brutal, but I think they're – I don't know if two is in that category yet for me where uh, I don't care whatever matchup. I'm going to play him. Um, but he's he's pretty much there, I think, in terms of just the weapons that he has there. It's not uh, one of those quarterbacks like Kyler, for example, where you're expecting him and him alone uh, to kind of break that – break that projection ceiling off of just like individual input, maybe by the legs Tua can get it done. I think either uh, through the air with his pass catching options and even on the ground too, he's mobile enough. I know they don't want him throwing out, uh, going out there and just getting blown up, but even in a tough matchup against San Francisco, I, I think, I think Miami's the better team. I know it's gonna be tough on the road in San Francisco, but, um, and then Dalvin cook last two weeks, he's struggled, um, hasn't cracked 10 points. But um, I'm going to throw that all out of the water against his Jets teams. Uh, 10th ranked, tough matchup, but I'm, I'm going to trust Alvin Cook. I'm going to trust Saquon and um, where ESPN has those two tough matchups. And Diggs already blew past it. I like Dalton Schultz this week against Indianapolis. Um, 18th ranked, but they're averaging giving up any uh, over 10 points to tight ends this week and Dalton Schultz is one of Dak Prescott's favorite weapons so anywhere anywhere with plus matchup for a tight end uh for Dallas and the Schultz uh Prescott connection is there uh I'm all over it and I'll take uh, him blowing out that projection so I'll take Phil here but like I said it's gonna be close it's gonna be high scoring and um it's gonna be big in terms of standing implications hey Blake can you hear that I don't like this game. What what am I not hearing? I, I I'm hearing the support coming for Sam's team. I hear Jamar Chase and Joe oh. Mixon oh. are back. They are back. That is true. They're on our lineup. They're projecting scores right next to them. But I mean, at what capacity are you expecting they're back? Like they're back, they're back, or like, oh, they're back. They're kind of limp into this week. What are you expecting uh, out of them, too? I, we talk, I talked about it uh, with T. Higgins. I think this is a game that's going to exceed 50 points, and I think there's going to be points all over the place. <laughs> I think this is going to be a, a game where Kansas City is looking for revenge in the playoffs from last year. But uh, Cincinnati, you know, has kind of had Casey's number. Uh, the last two times they've played, they've been – very close games that game last year um and i think it was in cincinnati with jamar chase had like 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns against that chiefs defense now a couple players have changed 
Uh, one being Justin Reed, who um, has been a very good safety on, I believe he was on the Texans the last few years. He is now in the Chiefs, and he came out this week and said essentially that, hey, if I was on the Chiefs last year, those games would have been different. And so a couple of those Bengals players kind of took that to heart and said, like, okay, buddy, we'll see if you can uh, shut us down. So this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Um, I expect high scoring, and I think both of these players have a really good chance at hitting and exceeding their uh, projections. Yeah, last year, um, Bengals at home, it looks like week – it was, it was like 14 12. or – okay, it was like later in the season, yeah. Yeah, Jamar Chase had a 72-yard touchdown in that game. Yep, I think he had total of at least 150 to 200 receiving yards. Uh, Wait, I have it up here real quick. Yeah, 266. Yeah, that's – I bet on Jamar Chase last year to win rookie of the year after like week three or week four. Yeah. And it was between him and Mac Jones about halfway through the season. And Mac then Jones. that game happened, and I was like – Oh, I won. Like this yeah. was like a it was like a defining moment, and it was it was pretty awesome to see because everyone also thought that the Chiefs were going to be you know the team, and then the up and coming Cincinnati Bengals kind of came in or at home and kind of just popped them in the mouth. But I'm really looking forward to the, that game. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to like not dreading uh, analyzing Sam's team. Each week, I know we got two weeks left. She's still a chance. Everyone has a chance to get in the playoffs. I'm gonna say Sam, though. I'm gonna, they have know, to... I'm gonna call bullshit on that. You before we even started, you were already overanalyzing one specific position. Well, I'm I'm gonna get there. I'm setting it up. All right. Jimmy G sucks. Get him out of your lineup. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. I keep banging the drum for Kirk Cousins, and I mean Jake check checkmated me off the air we um turns out points per game average jimmy g is better than kirk cousins okay that's fine but we're gonna get into my matchup later and there's still plenty of better options on the free agent market i i know sam sam has love and affection for certain players she loves tj she she loves robert woods she loves there's the third one in there I feel like she's had Amon Ra or Mike Evans before or like those types of players. I feel like there's one more that's slipping me, but Jimmy G is one of them. I know for a fact. Jimmy I mean, G do you not love Jimmy G. I, I would love him if he was the starting quarterback for like, like my, for like the Rams right now. Like, yeah, he'd be perfect. He'd be like the perfect Rams quarterback. Like nothing sexy, just get it done. But in fantasy football, and yes, he's he points per game. He's, he's solid. Like he, He's probably he's the most consistent projection hitter I could you could ever imagine. But he's just so boring. I just I just hate looking at him. I hate looking at him in fantasy. I just it's not exciting. When we're playing in a league, a ten team league, where it seems every week you're going up against Josh Allen or Mahomes or Lamar, even though Lamar's been absolute trash lately. Um just rolling out a line with Jimmy G is just so uninspiring. And you would I just I don't know. If I was if I was Team Mercier, getting all my new fancy pieces back, I mean, there's a Danny Dines out there somewhere. Give me some give me I mean, something Danny sexy. Dimes is I'm looking at the, the waiver wire now and Danny Dimes is there. Uh, uh-huh. Derek Carr is there. Mm-hmm. Um you would take I both mean, of those over Jimmy G, right? Okay, so I I agree with you that there might be better options out on the waiver wire. There are, there are better I, options. I would not start 
Jimmy G over Kirk Cousins this week because of matchups. I think that Miami game, I think Jimmy G has a good chance at picking apart some of that Miami Dolphins secondary and that defense. Um, I'm not really sold on their defense. And if the and if the offense does score points, then I think this is a great matchup for Jimmy G. I will I will definitely be on your side next week. If she starts Jimmy G um, over Kirk Cousins next week, I will be on your side as far as giving Sam slander. Thank um, you. Thank you. That's all I want. But that's only because next week – Jimmy G plays um, – it looks like my computer is freezing, so that's not great. Kirk Cousins plays the Detroit Lions, okay? <laughs> and Jimmy G plays uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if – this is next week. If she decides to start Jimmy G over Kirk Cousins next week, I will be on your side. But as far as this week, I think this is an okay play, um, and I think I think he will hit his projections. Okay, like I said, I mean, there's no reason for me to be dogging him. He's hitting his projections. It seems week in, week out, but I just don't like it. I would, I would, I would stay stay away from him. Give me the high ceiling players rather than the guy that's just limping in at projections every week. One, you can agree with me here. Cream the dream on a starting lineup. What uh, what world are we in right now? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I hope that Cream the dream hits for her. He has not had a good week basically except for week one uh where i thought oh (laughs) hell yeah that's awesome he scored two touchdowns like it's going to be a shared backfield uh but he Mm -hmm. has not really been used much but he is playing the worst run defense in the nfl so it's mine as well just kind of take a crack at it i personally would probably put gus edwards in there because i think gus is going to have the majority of the carries and denver's rushing defense just really hasn't been great Lately, um, I think Deontay Foreman had a good amount on the ground last week. Could be, I could be mistaken, but Josh Jacobs had a hundred plus against them two weeks ago. So I don't think it's as good as everyone kind of you know assumes that it is. But the rest of her team, I definitely think there are you know there are points to be had. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. Evans, we talked with Chris Godwin. I don't know if Mar- like I said, I don't know if Marshawn Lattimore is playing. I feel like he's been out for quite a bit this season. But if everyone remembers, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore absolutely hate each other. And Mike Evans always gets owned get in every matchup. Yeah, he, he does not do good against uh, Marshawn Lattimore, but he gets literally in a scuffle every single time. So I would be a little worried about him getting kicked out of that game again um, because he got suspended the last time they played, and that's because Brady got called a. Uh, a little uh, bitch by Marshawn Lattimore. Mike Evans came over and just sucker punched him. But um, yeah, I I think uh, Sam for the first time is projected over a hundred points. I feel like in quite That's a major. bit, and I do think she gets there. And I said to start this start this portion of this uh, matchup. Do you hear that? And I'm gonna say the same thing. Can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear that? No. For Steph's team, I'm starting to hear someone perform the Heimlich maneuver. Who's choking? I think Steph's team's about to be choking. Oh, no. I think this has a potential to be an upset this week. um, Because I think Steph, once again, is going to struggle to try to find that perfect lineup. And she's got some good options on that bench. But I think this this might be a week where... uh, we have some uh, danger matchups. And I would say, yeah, there's some question marks that she needs to make with her lineup. But the one question mark that um, 
that is not a question mark is Juwan Johnson in that starting tight end spot. The, oh, high, the ball's on staff to go run it back with Juwan Johnson, knowing that touchdown machine, two touchdowns in the last three games, 5.9 projection is just criminal. No, I can't do this anymore. I, Steph, I, what, what are we doing here? Didn't even practice today with an ankle injury. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I have a feeling Steph might be having, I mean, going other things going on in her life right now. So maybe yeah, she has Which is not, understandable. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone's got stuff. So maybe she hasn't really locked into her uh, lineup and looked at it. But Tyler Lockett got bumped up to the flex play. I like over that. either uh, Leonard Fournette or Rashad White. I mean, if Leonard misses another game, you have to put Rashad White in. Yeah, um, that's, and, a, that's a tough one. And I know this is – I have a feeling this week that Jamal Williams is not going to score a touchdown. For some weird reason, watch him go off for six touchdowns this week. But – and maybe it's just me hoping that DeAndre Swift gets something. But uh, I just feel like he hasn't performed – he gets those touchdowns, but his average has been – pretty bad lately i mean if you look at his last four games he's getting yards but he's getting a lot of carries 3.7 3 or sorry 3.4 3.7 3.8 3.7 that's that's not great and some no. of these weeks have been saved by one yard touchdowns so i don't know i am kind of on the fence i know the last time that she benched jamal williams he scored three touchdowns so <laughs> kind of have to have him there i guess but Jalen Waddle against San Francisco. We talked about that matchup and perhaps San Francisco defense playing well. Denver defense against Lamar. At some point, I feel like that Denver defense has to be just sick and tired of of being really good and that offense being so bad. That team is so bad that they have nothing really to play for. So perhaps Lamar has a little bit over 19, but I feel like that's kind of high. That's against, high. I, yeah, um, I think that's Denver high. defense. And then Jonathan Taylor, like – Dallas's defense is really good between like their edge, they're they're uh, between the gaps, um, and that Colts offense is yuck. So like, I don't know. I have a weird feeling that Sam possibly could pull off this upset this week. Well, do you want to cement it now? Are you going to take Sam in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take Sam. Uh, Mike Williams is for sure. I don't. He didn't practice today. I thought perhaps he'd play this week, but he is for sure going to be out. Um, perhaps they're saving him hopefully for another Sunday night return to where hopefully he doesn't just play another two two uh, plays and then he's out for the rest of the game like he did against the Chiefs. Um, I would try to find a spot for Juju. I think I would play Juju over Tyler Lockett. Wow. Um, I think Juju has been – I mean, last week wasn't great, but that was just a weird week too. I feel like the the – the Chiefs kind of offense, even though Mahomes threw for 300 yards, I don't even know who he threw his yards to because Kelsey only had like 40 or 52. So, Sky Juju, Moore was more involved. I yeah, think it was just I feel more like, by I feel like committee. Before Juju got hurt, he was on a heater. He mm-hmm. was on 20 points, 20 points by week, then uh, 14. And then this, I think he got hurt in like the first quarter of that Jags game. Yep. And he got blown out. Yeah. And he had 40 yards in the first quarter. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to try to get him back into – like I said, this is going to be a high-scoring game. So I think that he um, should try to find a way in. I'm not sure who she should sit because Christian Kirk has a really good matchup. Uh, but perhaps you play him over Tyler Lockett. You know the Rams better than I do. Um, Tyler Lockett destroys the Rams. Does he? Absolutely okay. destroys the Rams. Okay, so yeah, Tyler Lockett the last four weeks has had four touchdowns. So once again, she has a really good team. But I feel like there's going to be – some sort of bat like play here this week where it just doesn't work out for her. 
Um, I'm gonna take Steph. I'm going against you. I'm looking at God, Steph is right now screaming to her ceiling, asking God, why does Blake pick my team every single week? And every time he picks my team, I lose. I'm going with Steph because uh, I just I don't know I'm 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 not buying the the Bengals Chiefs I don't like this is gonna sound so sound so stupid coming out of my mouth now but I don't think it's just gonna be this gangbusters game everyone's I feel like there's there's been a couple of games this year where everyone's salivating over overs and totals on certain games and forty something I don't know I just I, I kind of see uh, the Bengals are are performing. They're looking good. They're they're looking good on both sides of the ball. It's not it's not just Joe Burrow out there every single week just willing them to victory with like forty point victories. And I don't even the Chiefs aren't really doing that that much either. I see it being a maybe each team getting three touchdowns. Um, I know that's a lot. I guess that's oh that's close to fifty if you added some field goals. But still, I don't I don't feel like every weapon's going to be available there. Um, so I'm I don't I'm not expecting this crazy outputs from Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, but I just like the consistency. I like the matchups honestly for Steph seeing Christian Kirk against Detroit. Um, that's why I'm really leaning on Trevor Lawrence uh, as a higher end quarterback play this week. Uh, Zay Jones was involved last week. I'm I'm t- I'm thinking Christian Kirk. It's going to be his his week this week. Tyler Lockett against the Rams. Usually, I love when when the Rams were good, and we would look at Twitter after the game, and then you see the one on one matchup between Jalen and D, uh, DK. It's such a great matchup. They always go at each other, and it's always super competitive. But Tyler Lockett's always that second guy that just burns them every single time, and it's always mm-hmm. over the top. Um, I see it so often, so I, I I expect this to be a Big, big game for Tyler Lockett. And then, yeah, Cowboys defense and Justin Tucker. I mean, Justin Tucker's automatic, um, like, 50 points as is. So, I just like her bottom four. And I guess my only worry really with Steph's team is Lamar Jackson. But if I'm going head-to-head with Jimmy G, even in even in a tougher matchup against Denver, I think Lamar can can make it out. And, I, yeah, I'm taking Steph's team. Sorry, Steph. One of these weeks I'm going to hit. And if not – so be it. It's not my team. I'm sinking here. <laughs> All right. We have the longest, it's such an annoying team name. You, you can come up with something creative, but we have, at least I don't have Deshaun Watson uh, versus official boys. Wait, hold no on. One at least I don't have Deshaun Watson. What not I you. Say? At least I don't have Deshaun Watson. You have Deshaun Watson. So I can't say that. Yeah, I can't, can't say, say that because yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a factual statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's your team versus official official boys. Official boys is five straight, Jake. Is that correct? Yeah, five straight. Plus, he was at one point five and two. He's in ninth place outside looking in. You are six six six. Six wins, six losses, and you were in sixth place. Hell yeah. Hell yeah? That's a hell yeah. That's not a oh no. No, that's a hell yeah. We're putting Deshaun Watson to hell. All right, well, let's let's save it for my matchup. Um, DeAndre Swift's back in the lineup. Is that by necessity, or I'm looking at your bench? It looks like it is. Oh, it's 100% uh, by necessity. It's 100% by necessity, but may not be the worst matchup. I mean, the rest of your team has just been pretty solid. you got your new acquisition of Brandon Ayuk. That's going to be I, – I, yeah, I feel like looking at your wide receivers with, with kind of – 
I guess buy again in with DeAndre Hopkins because he's just been so he's been so clutch for you ever since he's been coming in and just filling in that wide receiver gap. Him and him and Terry, kind of kind of very unconventional ways that you acquired both and kind of held on to both. And I think when both healthy, uh, Terry and DeAndre this year have just been really good. So you're you're scrambling a little bit with the buy, but Brandon Ayuk uh, addressing that trade with Nick shipping them off and you taking back Brandon Ayuk because it's it's a perfect matchup I think against Miami I don't even know what to expect in that Miami uh San uh, San Francisco game it's going to be really interesting to see how um former uh coaching partners go at each other offensively defensively Brandon Ayuk is more uh it's just one of those target hogs if um I know Miami uh at the start of the year they were a very pressure defense team and I believe that will obviously help Brandon Ayuk in terms of just being able to get the ball out quick. But Mark Andrews as well against Denver. Um, I haven't really dived into how Denver has really um, attacked the tight end spot. I don't know how their safeties are. But Mark Andrews, um, I believe he picked it up a little bit last week. We mentioned uh, that missed touchdown that he dropped, but still nine points ramping up. We're back at eight targets, eight targets a game the last two games. That's a step up from – uh, before his injury, two and five targets. We're not at the 13 level that he was at week three, but we're ramping it up, going against a Denver team that's literally playing for nothing, and that defense has just been holding strong. You mentioned it with Lamar, maybe something breaks there. Najee Harris, when's the last time I've seen Najee Harris 12, 12 points projected, but he's going up against a just a bad Atlanta team that we saw, uh, what, three weeks ago? Uh, Thursday night against Carolina where we had Deonta Foreman just running an absolute storm on mm. him on them. So good matchups all in all. I didn't even touch on Justin Herbert. Any game against Vegas um, at the Death Star. That's just, I mean, as a Charger fan, obviously you being a Charger fan, it seems like these last couple weeks have been exciting, not only not only through the fan prism, but through the fantasy prism as well with Justin Herbert. And um, what do you expect out of this matchup with Justin Herbert? Uh, I, I expect him to hit that projection, if not go over by five or six more points. I think 25 is right around what he should be getting. Because I do think the Raiders are going to be able to score against the Chargers, and I think Herbert's going to have to keep up with uh, the Raiders. Uh, this is a must-win game for the Chargers and the Raiders, too, to be honest. Like, I know the Raiders are 4-7, and seven, but they win. The rest of their schedule is pretty tough, so they definitely need to try to rack up a win to somehow – get back into it but it's a really big game for the chargers too because tonight the patriots lost the chargers basically need either the jets or the Bengals to start stop or to start losing games and the the jets i believe play the uh vikings on the road and the chiefs play the Bengals. so um one of those two teams will probably lose this weekend so a big a big game for the chargers to try and get uh kind of a winning streak going before they play the teams like Miami and Tennessee. So, um, but Herbert has been playing much better as of late. Um, even last week, um, you know, he's consistently around 250 to 300 yards, it seems like, uh, but it's more about the touchdowns for him. And last week he had three, the week prior he had two. But before that, he really only had, he had three, four, five, uh, five in a span of six games. So, <clears throat> so it's been a little bit of a struggle, but with his weapons back, um, he's kind of found that touchdown, um, 
you know, in the red zone, using guys like DeAndre Carter, who are, are no longer needing to be wide receiver twos. They can be wide receiver fours and he'll still be okay. Um, but yeah, across the board, I was looking at this at this squad and I was just like, man, I've really tried to just put anything together to try yeah. to be consistent, um, just to try to get some consistency there. Um, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins having a bye so late in the season is kind of rough. But I am wondering if Dodgy's going to play. He did leave that game last week. Like we talked mm-hmm. about it in my matchup last week. He had 10 points in one half, which is exactly kind of what you want out of a running back. Um and so I think that kind of is a reasoning why his his uh, projections are so high, especially against a bad Atlanta Falcons rush defense, 24th, um, you know, worst defense. So it's a good matchup for him. But I do, did pick up both Pittsburgh running backs that are essentially going to be his backup. Um, and I will just swap out if he happens to miss that game. Uh, Jalen Warren, who has been the backup mostly all year until last week where he was out. Um, yeah. He is fully back. He is back mm-hmm. from a hamstring injury, so he will slide in right there. I also picked up Ty Johnson only because of Michael Carter's fully out, and I just feel like it's going to be a timeshare between him and that Zonovan Knight, that rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps I swap out DeAndre Swift for one uh, for Ty Johnson. That's always on the table only because DeAndre Swift, as much as I like him, I think he's a good football player. They just don't use him as much as they should, so... Um, but yeah, overall, it's just the, the one matchup I'm kind of nervous about is Terry McLaurin. I do like the pickup of Brandon Ayuk, but Terry McLaurin, um, he's been good. It's crazy. I feel like I've watched some of those Commanders games because I have bet on the Commanders the last couple weeks because I, I think that they're a sneaky good kind of against the spread team. Yeah. Um, and he gets off to big first quarters. I think the last two weeks he's gotten the majority of his catches and his yards in the first quarter of the first half, and then kind of just goes silent the rest of the game. And that might be because they have been up in both of those games, so they try to establish the run, they run the ball, which is kind of frustrating. So I'm interested to see this week. Uh, The Giants' secondary has been very good, and when it comes to fantasy, um, they are the fourth best. So I am kind of concerned about that. I think 12 points is a little high for McLaurin, but I do think some other guys can make up. I would be shocked if Mark Andrews... uh, doesn't hit higher than his projections. They are giving him the ball in the red zone. He just can't catch the ball. So mm-hmm. I can see him getting 10 to 15 points this week with ease. So I uh, I picked up Harrison Butker as well. I'm hoping he had back-to-back 14-point kicking games. Those are huge in fantasy football. If you can get a kicker that gets you between 10 and 15 points, then you're looking solid. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to get in. Trying to to see if I can probably hit lightning in the bottle, and and I'm hoping with some of these players I can. I feel like uh, since there's so many teams in six and six, you can tell a, a unique story about how they got to that six and six uh, point. I feel like because you mentioned it a couple times, and I can kind of sense it as well. You've had a scrap your way to six and six, where there's other teams that probably had good lineups, and it's just unfortunate where it's just they've had bad weeks they everyone yeah. got to six and six in different ways and you're you've had to really work at it you've had to work trades you had to work uh saving a bench spot for deandre hopkins all year and now you're hitting a bye week at a crucial time of the year you've been fighting you've been scrapping but you're in yeah, the mix i mean to be honest a lot of it comes down to one bad trade with phillips that deandre Swift trade was not anything special uh, cd's been playing really good lately 
um, and one bad injury with my number one pick. Um, yeah. have, not having Cooper Cup and a consistent 15 points a week in there is really difficult to overcome because you're just hoping that someone like a Brandon Ayuk or a Terry McLaurin can get at least 10 points. So, um, yeah, it's it's trying to scrap it together. Also going no RB strategy. If I would have been patient and just kind of kept Raheem Mostert, Jeff uh, Wilson Jr., yeah. and I feel like there was somebody else out here. Um, we had Elijah Mitchell, but he went out. Yeah, but I feel like there was another running back that I kept. But yeah, if I would have just you know kept those guys and I would have kept CD, my team actually I feel like would be looking pretty good, especially if Cooper Cup would have stayed healthy. But that Rams team is a mess anyway, so you don't want to touch that. Struggle. Yeah, struggle with that. So, but um, now speaking of struggle, and this is hopefully this is kind of alluding to where I think this matchup's going to go. But speaking of struggle, I'm looking at Brian's team and I see some. I see some very tough matchups. I see a Alvin Kamara um, on the road against Tampa in a mm-hmm. big divisional game on Monday night, where a Monday night matchup for Brian, and that's the type of matchup where I feel, I feel like we saw last week Chris Godwin kind of cooking up, and and I know there's Tampa Bay has just been decimated with injuries. It just seems like all all they're they're losing linemen left and right. They've had. Evans in and out. They've had Godwin struggled all year, but I feel like this is the point of the year where they're still on the hunt, and these are the, the games that Tom wins. and And I think it starts obviously with the defense, and it starts with slowing down Alvin Kamara. And I, for Brian, I worry about Alvin Kamara. Uh, Damian Pierce has just absolutely fallen off uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the hype coming into the season. What we saw at the beginning of the season. Now, I'm when I look worried at this, about this matchup, by the way. Yeah, you're worried about the Cleveland matchup? Yeah. Yeah, just let's be- talk about it then. Just because, Damian, like you said, Damian Pierce has just been so bad lately. Um, I mean, his last two weeks, he's only gotten 10 carries and then five carries. And I remember in the beginning of the year, we talked about how Lovey Smith was like, yeah, we're just going to give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball. And he's just been bad. Uh, but this week, they're playing a – Bad Cleveland defense as far as the running game. The only thing that I'm hoping for is for Nick Chubb to go absolutely off and Kareem Hunt and uh, thou should not be named to, to score points because I want them to have to play catch up. And yeah. Damian Pierce is not that guy that you play. You try to like get, you know, everything going. I'm going to say this. I think his performance this is going to sound crazy, but his performance depends on who wins the coin toss and who gets the ball first. Yeah, I can see that. 100%. Because I think I mean, if Houston gets the ball first, they're going to try to establish the run. And if they go up 7-0 and he scores a touchdown, I'm in trouble this Sunday uh, when it comes to my matchup. If Cleveland gets the ball and they go down and they score, I will I will, I will be like, okay, then I have a shot against Brian because Damian Pierce is going to get somewhat limited. So it might sound crazy, but I think the, the rationale and like the thinking of it works um, because I think whoever scores first and kind of puts their imprint on the game first um, is really going to have a tell of like how the game is going to go. Yeah. Two teams that two teams that have probably their best players in the backfield in the running game mm-hmm. so like you mentioned just whoever can get the ball first whoever can score that first touchdown 
that's really going to set set the game, set the standards, set the predicate. And Damian Pierce, while it is a good matchup for him, it's it's literally just going to come down to that. And it's also going to come down for DK Metcalf is how creative Seattle can be getting him off Jalen Ramsey. That is a matchup that Jalen wakes up for at this point of the season. Um, when there's really nothing to play for, Jalen Ramsey seems like the type of guy that's going to go after personal vendettas, personal matchups. He just he wants to win his matchup. That's all he can really do. Um, mm-hmm. Hasn't been at his best, but he wakes up for these games. And it came to my came to my mind here too. Uh, we talked about Tyler Lockett, how high I am on him. Another reason why I think Tyler Lockett may go off this week is uh, no Aaron Donald, no pressure coming up the middle. I feel like that pocket for uh, Gino is going to be even cushier than than normal. That completely sets up uh, Tyler Lockett, and really it sets up any wide receiver. More time, more time you get the quarterback, more uh, more difficult it is for corners to kind of stay on their their wide out assignments and letting guys open. But if I had to pick a wide receiver this week for Seattle to go off, give me Tyler Lockett, 100%. DK Metcalf, I still see a world where he hits 13. That's just – that's a – 50, that's a four catches, fifty yards, and a touchdown. Even even Ramsey locking them down. There's definitely uh, plenty of alignments that Seattle can get into where they kind of run away from Jalen. And usually, a lot of the good teams do that against what their top wideouts that are kind of fixated. George Pickens, I I um, I see the boom potential with George Pickens, but I just I don't see how you can run him out. Especially, um, I believe George Pickens has been in Brian's lineup. Maybe not all in his five losses, but he's been in there. Obviously, last week he's going to be rolling him out this week, unless he hasn't changed anything yet. Yeah, I'm I not sure on. if Brian has checked his lineup. To be honest, uh, yeah, I feel like these are going to. I would be very. Sh- I would be surprised if he decides to play the Titans on the road against Philadelphia, his his beloved Eagles. Perhaps he picks up another defense. He's got the Rams um, defense. Yeah, but no Donald, and I just. I, <laughs> I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think. Kenneth Walker is going to have the best game out of any um, any Seattle Seahawk um, because I feel like with no Aaron Donald, I, I'm not sure how their front is when it comes to the run defense. But um, but yeah, just I, I have a feeling he just hasn't you know picked his lineup, and I, I could see a Zay Jones swap for George Pickens. That's what sure. I was going to say. That's just the one point I was going to make with George Pickens is that Zay Jones is on the is on the on the bench. He's got a 29th ranked against wide receivers in terms mm-hmm. of points mm-hmm. uh, with Detroit just being absolute trash on the defensive games. I this could be, this, this is another one of those games. It's probably a high point total uh, just the way that Jacksonville has been playing, especially last week and that comeback winning over the Ravens. Their, their offense has been, it's been high. It's been, it's been great. It's been <laughs> at sometimes borderline, just unbelievable because I know the weapons are there. Trevor Lawrence has taken a step forward and uh travis Etienne and zay jones like the weapons are are getting better but still uh kind of a surprising offensive team this year but going against a detroit team that at times look like they can't stop anyone um i know i'm high on christian kurt zay jones had his week last week but still the potential for him to get in the end zone and heavily involved in i mean catch the ball of course pickens doesn't doesn't really have the greatest catch rate i mean it's almost like 50 50 with him so yeah i feel like he tries to make catches way harder than they need to be mm -hmm. um i think watching that monday night game there was a there was a catch he tried going across the middle where he slid and instead of like cupping his hands underneath the ball he tried to catch it where he was like on top of the ball 
And I was just like, why are you trying to make these so difficult? Like he makes some crazy insane catches and there's a lot of talent there, but I feel Uh like he's kind of just used to trying to, trying to exceed that talent and exceed and try to all those expectations of him by making these crazy catches. Just, I feel like if he were just to play the position, He'd be a lot better than what you know he's putting out there right now. He's and he's he's decent. He's a decent option. Maybe in like a twelve team league, he would be an option that I would want to throw out there if uh, the waiver wire is thin on wide receivers. But he's a rookie. I think next year he's going to be a guy that I'm going to probably want to pick uh, as like my flex spot because we talked about the potentials there. Down. It's just try to steal that player from you. Uh, okay, write that down. Um, and then Travis, I mean, we don't really need it. We're, we're spending a lot of time on Brian's team. We, we can kind of gloss over Mahomes, Kelsey. We have already made our opinions on. Yeah. yeah. But Miles Sanders is the other one I have a question mark over. Tennessee on the road. Uh, Tennessee, I know I was high in them, and I was surprised that they were underdogs. They gave the Bengals a, a good run for their money. But, I mean, I don't know if there's any data that supports this. They are fourth against uh, the fourth best team against, uh, against a rush. That's a statistic that Miles Sanders has been great. I, I would love to go back and see where he is getting his points against like high end rush defense teams. But I mean, this is the same moniker. It's the same thing of me thinking that uh Tennessee's a Tennessee at this time of the year, you don't want the you don't want the road dog, but it's like Tennessee right now coming off of a loss with her playoff implications, that's gonna be a really, really tight, close game. And um Are you taking is this, obviously, a, is this a precursor to Miller Light? No, not yet, not yet. No, I'm gonna keep my uh, cards full uh, held right now. But okay. no, I just tough matchups. That's the whole point I want to talk with with Brian's team. Tough matchups. What he's what he's rolling out right now. I'm not really optimistic about it. So I'll just I'll just say it right now, Jake. I'm sorry, but I'm taking your team in this matchup. Oh, great. Um, yeah, I I'm very nervous about the Mahomes Kelsey matchup only because I feel like. They're just – they're so good. And Kelsey only having 57 yards last week really makes me think he's going to go off and have 100 yards this week. Um, what I can only hope for is no touchdowns. But I th- what does he have, like 12 this year? Yeah, he has 12 touchdowns this year. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pick – I'm going to pick Brian's team. I, I don't think uh, – I don't know. It's going to be really hard. It's going to come down to the stupid Monday night game. And I have really good, um, a really good pass against Brian on Monday night uh, games. Um, I believe early on this season, I, oh no, I think he beat me this year. So yeah, like in years past, I have, I have played games against Brian to where on Monday night, he either chokes it away or I like have a last second, like, kind of like how you had that last second against Nick this year with that defensive touchdown. I remember certain uh, circumstances. I don't remember exact players, but just like last second, just sweeping the rug right underneath Brian's team and just mm-hmm. coming in from the top and, and getting a win. But I don't know. Having Alvin Kamara have a couple weeks where they've just been really bad, I just feel like he's due for something. Damian Pierce is kind of due. I feel like he has a lot of players that are kind of just due. And – um, and I do think I, my team is probably going to struggle to get around 100. I think 110, 115 is the max that I can get. Um, and I, I'm hoping that I can get there. But I think Brian hits his projections. And I will say, I think one player that does not his his projections, 
Miles Sanders, I'm talking to you. Cash it in, baby. Cash it in. This is the time. Miles Sanders game. Try to get 11 points this week. I guarantee that you won't. Guarantee you're hitting under 10. That Tennessee defense is going to stuff you. Try me, Miles Sanders. Come at me. All right. We have Rum Runners Ronnie B against the sexual assaulters. Hashtag assault at eight and four. Um, once just why don't you just drop him? Just drop him. You're not even playing this week. What's what's the point? Uh, the point is is that I'm gonna wait out this first week. He hasn't played a game in over like 300 something days. So, and I think that matchup we we've talked about it with Jags matchup. Trevor Lawrence against Detroit. I it's just gonna be an absolute barn burner for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence against bad defenses where he has a the threat of throwing to Christian Kirk for like 50 times. Hell, even Marvin Jones is still out there just like catching dimes in the end zone. Trevor Lawrence also can move with his feet, give me the potential of rushing touchdowns. I mean, I have I have room in the bench. Um, I know I'm going to have to drop someone with Raheem Mostert looking like he's going to be active. Uh, I got Ooh, plenty of guys that I, I can... Who am I picking up? You're probably picking up uh you're probably picking up either michael carter or joshua palmer um but i just i'm gonna wait it out i know i just we've talked about it before with other people spending a grip load of a fab or uh, making a big trade and people not playing them i'm in a position where i don't feel like i have to win i feel but i feel like this is just the perfect matchup for trevor lawrence i saw him uh saw him on the waiver wire and I uh, I know Rum Runners isn't going to play anyone besides Aaron Rodgers or I guess Jared Goff, but it was just one of those things where I saw the potential Trevor Lawrence this week, um, and I it was a situation where it's like, well, I wouldn't want to play against him this week. So if I'm feeling that way, why don't I just pick him up and play him myself since I have the room because of just the matchups. I think my my first two guys Lawrence and Chubb both are going against the worst defenses in their respective categories. So mm-hmm. uh, number 32 against a quarterback, Detroit. Number 32 against a rush with Nick Chubb. Um, I just like that. I like that. And I also like uh, – I also picked up Seahawks defense going got, going up against the Rams. There's, I, there is no world the Rams are going to be winning this game. They're going to be throwing the ball. And they're going to be throwing the ball to Bryce Perkins, who is not a good quarterback. He is not. He's – he's most of his damage is going to be done through the ground. Um I I hate being so confident picking against my favorite team, but it's like it seems to me like that's the easiest projection hit was seven point three. Uh, looking at the rest of my team, I missed on Brian Robinson last year or last week. I I just I I ran with Devin Singletary. I play the same old game where I leave him on the bench. He gets a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> we talked about it with we talked about it a little bit with Jamal Williams, where I feel like Devin Singletary is kind of in that range too. Um, Devin Singletary doesn't have like an immense talent behind him like DeAndre Swift, but same thing. It's week in, week out where I'm either cashing in on touchdowns. Uh, there was a week this year we had 36 yards and two one-yard touchdowns. That saved mm-hmm. me a week. Um, and then there's other weeks where I don't get the touchdowns, but he has 80 yards rushing. He's like averaging four and a half to five a game. Um, good baseline. If, if, if I knew that he had 11 points heading into this week – guess it would be still kind of difficult um, choosing him over Brian Robinson because Brian Robinson, 
I think in a game that which blows my mind is I'm not preluding uh, my underdog pick the week, but it kind of blows my mind that Washington is a favorite in this game against the Giants mm-hmm. on the road. Just seems like a funky game. But if if I'm to believe what is true with how this Washington team is playing um, and kind of the frustration that you mentioned with Terry McLaurin, this team uh, and their starting starting plays, the, their scripted plays, they get heavy involved in the pass game. They're confident in that. They can get a lead. And they've shown once they get that lead, they'll just run the ball down down their opposing team's throat. It's mm-hmm. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, that combo. Antonio Gibson got banged up a little bit last week. So I'm going to roll the dice with Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson's a good pick. The rest of my team, it's the same old cast. It's Devontae Adams against the Chargers. Please give me the same thing from week one. Um, I know with Josh Jacobs just being an absolute monster now, uh, some weeks it affects Devontae Adams. Other weeks it doesn't. Obviously, last week, 300 total yards from Josh Jacobs is going to cap Devontae Adams, which makes sense. But there's not a lot of weeks where back-to-back Devontae Adams is going to have dud dud games. Michael Pippen against Dallas, I uh, it's not a great matchup by any stretch of the imagination. The mm-hmm. only thing that I got riding for me is, uh, like we talked about in the last episode, is Colts are going to be down. They're going to be throwing, and Michael Pittman is the only guy that they can throw it to. And he's good enough where if he is the only guy that they're throwing enough and he's getting focused on, um, he's going to make some plays. So let's just hope that there are plays uh, that are near the end zone. Pat Fryermuth, man, if if Njoku didn't get banged up, um, he's been limited all week. And sooner or later, i got to go back to my boy. Um, but against this matchup against Houston and with Deshaun Watson coming back, I'm, I, I'm not very – excited on any of the pass catchers for uh cleveland i'm i'm really relying on nick chubb and even cream hunt to some respect that game gets ugly early Cortland sutton against baltimore you've said it their their corners aren't that great let's just hope he gets matched up with marcus marcus peters and uh um, yeah, he has to have a good they have, the the corners might be bad but you have to have a good quarterback in order to to beat those corners that is that is true. So maybe we'll get a quarterback change in the middle of the game, and we can roll out uh, what Brett ripping. Let it rip. Um, but that's it with my team. I just uh, I got my usual cast. I got great matchups with with T Law, Nick Chubb, and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident. But I'm looking at Rum Runners team, and I mean, if I lose to Taysom Hill, I I don't even care. It's just this. I don't know. Do you have anything on my team before we go over rum runners? Um, I predict Josh Palmer to have more points than both Pittman and Sutton. Um, not combined, but just I think he's going to have more points than both of them. Um, I think that that Charger game is going to be high scoring, like I've talked about. Mike Williams is still going to be out. And I know Josh Palmer has been kind of up and down this season, but I do think that he will score in between uh, – 12 to 18 points. I think he'll he'll hit he'll get a touchdown and I think he'll get uh 70 to 80 yards. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's a very good game for Josh Palmer there. I am very I think I definitely think you'll have a better game than Michael Pittman. Cortland Sutton because cuz of how bad that secondary is, I think there's a chance that Cortland Sutton could score a touchdown this week, but yeah, I really like Josh Palmer this week. Uh, but Nick Chubb I think is going to have an amazing game. Trevor Lawrence, I do agree that I think he's going to have a good game. Um, and Devontae Adams, I think, is going to have a good game too. So 
I think you have good matchups. I think there's a couple. I'm not sold on Brian Robinson this week, only because I think he is. I think he is the classic like up and down. Like I think yeah, he's gonna yeah, be, you're just chasing him every yeah, week. You're chasing I think it. One week it's gonna be really good. Like I liked him last week, but I don't like him this week. So mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that that can be kind of a dud game. But he's only projected for nine point five, and I think that's kind of right around what he's gonna get. You don't really have another option unless Raheem plays. Um, but even that, that's a tough defense, and I feel like perhaps Miami's going to need to to catch up a little bit here and there, and they just throw the ball. So, yeah, I think uh, I think one ten is probably right around where where you'll hit. I'll take that every every day of the week, and going up against Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers has been trash this year. I mean, not I mean he's been trash. Expectations obviously are super high, especially coming from. Uh, just the seasons that he's had these past couple of years, but going into the season on Devonta Adams, he knew he's going to take a step back. But I will say, he always cooks the Bears. So mm-hmm. if there's anything that we can ride there's on. One is team that- he owns, it's the Chicago Bears, and he loves to be able to to rub it in the fans in Chicago as well. Uh, the first or the second week of the season, the first time they've played each other this year, he only had 234 yards and two touchdowns, but that game was dominated on the ground by Aaron Jones. That was Aaron yep. Jones's huge game. He had 30 points that game, had 132 rushing yards, touchdown, 40 receiving yards, and a touchdown there as well. So I am a little bit – yeah, I think he's got good matchups, to be honest, this week. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we talked how Taysom Hill is still in his starting lineup. I wouldn't be surprised if he's another one that just hasn't looked at his lineup yet um, and is going to play Cole Komet. He just got Cole Komet. If Cole Komet's playing – or sorry, if Justin Fields is playing, I think Cole Komet is a great start only because Justin Fields and Cole Komet seem to have really good chemistry. Um, the two – the last two games that Cole Komet played with uh, Justin Fields – well, I should say Atlanta wasn't great. He only had five points, but before that yeah. he had 20 points – basically back-to-back weeks. So I definitely think Cole Komet is the play over Taysom Hill. Um, Mm -hmm. Pacheco, I don't really think you can fit into the lineup this week. I've been talking with Nick and making that trade. He has Aaron Jones on a bye next week. So I was basically basically told him, like, hey, like you're going to need a running back, so let me get Ayuk and I'll send you Pacheco. So, um, yeah, I this is a very tough, tough, tough matchup. Nick has to get a win. He texted me that he needs back-to-back wins in order to make the playoffs, which I completely agree with because his points aren't too high. No. Um, but Christian McCaffrey has been a question mark this entire week in practice. Um, and it said went down as a limited participant in today's practice. So that, that would be... Huge. That'd be huge. Absolutely huge for you. Once again, Blake, it's lucky. Um, And uh, yeah, Christian McCaffrey doesn't play. I guess he can play Pacheco. But um, yeah, I, I, what else do you have on next team? I, I just mentioned it. I'm not high on Amari Cooper, especially with Sean Watson's first game. Not high Mm -hmm. on any of the Cleveland players. Um, uh, Taysom yeah, Hill should be really in a lineup. Him, him and Jacoby Brissett had really good chemistry. Like Amazing. They, they worked really well together, so I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Um, I mean, it, we, we can all 
uh, we all know that the person has uh, has talents, and he yeah. can throw the ball around, and he can yeah, he can sling it. Um, I mean, only one person wants to root for him, I guess, in this league. But um, yeah, I think Amari Cooper is a play this week where it's a little suspect because you just don't know really what you're going to get. Yeah, and he's relied on him on down weeks from Tyreek. Amari Cooper has just had blow up weeks that has saved Nick and kept him afloat. Uh, so has Christian Watson the last couple of weeks with all this absurd touchdowns. Just, I th- I don't know. I think I'm getting enamored by the the projections um, when I'm looking at his matchups. Uh, but this, of, of course, lucky me, I get. Uh, Green Bay against Chicago. I think that's just the the catalyst for Nick's team. That's going to be kind of that baseline that sets up a pretty productive week, which is why I'm going to be taking Nick's team against me. I'm going to be just taking. Uh, this is just. I, I know what you're. I know what you're doing. You do this every no, week. You do this every no, week. Because behind the curtain, last week Blake picked. Uh, Who did you play? I played against Brian. Did you play Brian's team? I played Brian's team, yeah. Yeah, you played Brian's team, and you picked Brian's team, and then right mm-hmm. after we got off, it was a, uh, I'm a, uh, what's it called? Uh, you're going the other way, or it's uh, you're trying to jinx yourself, like you were trying reverse to jinx, jinx. It. reverse jinx. You said reverse jinx, well, and I know I said, exactly I... what you're doing because you know you're terrible at picking games, and you got to be under 35 percent this year. It's actually quite impressive how bad you are, and so you're gonna pick. Nick's team only to reverse jinx it so that you mm-hmm. end up winning and you put the jinx on Nick's team because once again, luckily Brian barely made a hundred points this last week, but Blake just gets lucky and it's because the jinx is on. We've all caught on to you. Okay. We all, we all, I think everybody listening to this podcast right now has caught on to your little mind games, your tricks. We get it. You like to reverse jinx against your team. So that come the next episode. Hi, this is Blake the Cat Miller. I'm nine and four because I just jinxed the shit out of Nick's team. Um, who do you think is going to win the matchup? Um, I'm going to go Nick's team. Um, hmm, interesting. Okay, so we both agree <laughs> that Nick's team's going to win. Okay. No, I actually think you are going to win because I think I honestly think Nick Chubb could be the third fifty burger this year. Um, <laughs> I think Nick Chubb has a very good chance at just dominating this game. Uh, and they, I mean, what is their record? Four and seven as well. They play a terrible, the Houston Texans, uh, by far the worst team in the NFL. And mm-hmm. I think, I think I read a quote that it was, it was it Braden cooks or was somebody else that said like, uh, that when they got off, they when the they bus. got off. Yeah, yeah. It was like basically last week, it was like what basically they already knew they're gonna lose when they just got off the bus. Like it wasn't like second half or second quarter, first quarter warm ups. It was like right off when we got off the bus, we knew we were gonna lose immediately. So like that's just terrible team chemistry. So I would not be surprised if the Cleveland Browns just absolutely um, dominate and that shitty fan base with all the people there that are excited for Deshaun Watson to come and be their quarterback. Um, are going to be the oh I guess in Houston so uh, that's that's yeah, a little different Houston. yeah that's a little different I feel like a lot of the Houston Texans uh, fans are going to be you know trying to rile up Deshaun or whatever but um, yeah I think Trevor Lawrence Nick Chubb Devonte Adams are going to be too much 
for next team? I think personally, yeah. I just think in in a game le- in a week leading up to all the Deshaun Watson mess, them not having him go and do interviews or talking. I feel like this is the game they just give Nick Chubb forty five carries and yeah. they never zoom in on Deshaun Watson because it's just Nick Chubb. So yeah, but I still lose. I'm taking Ram Runners. Reverse Jinx is alive. Match of the week: Ken White Walker, QB sneaks. Ken White Walker always in match of the week because on, I, honestly, I have the most fun talking about his team and just the the this lineup that he rolls out every week. But he lost last week. He's in the four spot. He, as long as he stays in this log jam that he's in right now, uh, mixed up with everyone, and he's in the in the in the discussion like he has high enough point totals but on the inverse of this matchup QB sneaks who um I really like his team and I've touted and I think he's going to sneak in backdoor uh he he needs these wins I don't think points for he's at the bottom he's got to he's got to not only get in and get in the mix which he is right now but weeks like this he he can't be tied with with teams like Phil or Trey mm-hmm. or um uh, even Phillips. Phillips team, yeah. yeah, it's just so these wins. These wins are super important for QB sneaks, and it really it's. We'll start with his team. It really, it's the success has been um, throughout the year. Justin Jefferson, obviously, being available, he had two down weeks where Justin Jefferson back to back had like four points. I think one week he had like two points. And what are you going to do on those matchups? But um, I mean, looking at where we are at this point in the season, week thirteen. George Kittle has been on. He's been uh, way more involved. He's that tight end that people draft for. Uh, Kevin in the year, George Kittle's hurt. Shane held on to him. I tried getting getting him um, through plenty of times throughout the year, but uh, Shane believed in him, loved, loves the Niners, loves Depot, just thought, hey, let's do it. And uh, it's coming to fruition. Last couple weeks, George Kittle is finally producing he's a threat again that offense is playing good they're uh they're not the bottom of the standings they're still pushing for playoffs so george kittle has been a catalyst justin jefferson has been a catalyst dylan hurts has been a catalyst for his team kind of that three pillar of uh, of uh quarterback wide out tight end it's always obviously super nice especially with how difficult it is to have like a star tight end and Last couple of weeks, I mentioned it with Khalil Herbert going out. David Montgomery, uh, when the backfield is his and his alone, he is um, he's he's great. He's serviceable. I wouldn't say great because there's probably an upper echelon of like great running backs, um, but he's super serviceable. I, I feel like he's like the next tier above the two running backs we talked about earlier in the matchup, Jamal Williams and um, Mon- uh, Singletary, where. David Montgomery obviously has those down games, but I feel like the the potential for the touchdown and then those like highly efficient like eighty yard games are just so much more common for him. And mm-hmm. now we're running the risk here for David Montgomery with Justin Fields coming back, them both being rushing weapons, and mm-hmm. that's definitely going to take goal line opportunity from him. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We were talking about it uh, last week because we didn't know for sure Justin Fields is going to be coming back, but he's going to be. It's projected to be back this week um, at home against Green Bay. Let's the Green Bay is not a, a great defense. Uh, can't even name any of their pass rush. That I don't think they have any of the uh, Smith brothers anymore. No, Zedarius Smith is in Minnesota, and Preston yeah. Smith 
feel like he's still on the team. He might just be hurt though. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Not essentially worried about like a crazy pass rush getting there and kind of jostling. I don't know that, that running game with Justin Fields back in, but even then, I Dave Montgomery had serviceable <laughs> running games with Justin Fields back in, but kind of that four punch. And then just Garrett Wilson too. Like, what is what's the Jets' offense going to be like? We just saw um, Mike White just <laughs> another four hundred yard game. Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson absolutely was a beneficiary of that. Is that continue this week? So many, so many fun questions that need to be answered on QB sneaks team. And I still, I still love him. I still, I still think it's a great team that he's got here. Yeah. Uh, to talk about David Montgomery, this is the second time he's played the Packers this year. And his first time, this is the only team that he's had over hundred rushing yards this season against. Um, he had 15 carries for 122 yards. That's eight yards a carry. If I remember correctly, I think he ripped off like a 50 or 60 yarder. Didn't get in the end zone, but he, you know, he, he was good on the ground, but that was also a game where I remember watching that game and Justin Fields had the worst game I think I've ever seen a quarterback play against uh, another team. I'm looking at it right now. He went seven for 11 against the Packers, 70 yards in an interception. Uh, He did have eight carries for 20 yards and a touchdown. So that touchdown rushing touchdown saved him or else he would have a 2.8 fantasy. That's, that's entering Kirk cousins territory. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. So uh, Justin Fields, we all know, has definitely turned a corner this year and has become way more explosive than what he was in Lambeau that second week of the season. Um, so, yeah, I am a little worried about the David Montgomery. I am worried about Cordero. Um, I don't know. I think Shane definitely has – well, he has two you know good serviceable players on buys – Especially in James Conner, James Conner seemed to have like turned a corner the last couple year, a uh, couple weeks, um, getting four touchdowns in the last three weeks combined, and and averaging essentially around uh, around about fifteen to sixteen points a, a week. Um, mm-hmm. But he's on a bye, which uh, kind of hurts Shane's running back situation. Um, I try to see if I can get Garrett Wilson off his team for a running back. Not interested. But I'm also interested in that Garrett Wilson matchup and see if that's actually going to be a thing or if it's going to just be a one week and that's it. Um, yeah. So we'll see with that. Um, yeah, I think across the board, Shane has some decent matchups, some tough ones. Um, but I look at Phillips's team. And I think <laughs> Absolute that, wagon. Well, yeah, I mean, we know that he's got a wagon. I, I do think his uh, wide receiver matchups are kind of tough. But these three matchups in these against these defenses, I think he can get 20 points from each running back. Um, I think Derrick Henry, the Philadelphia rush defense has not been that great this year. No. Um, and I think Derrick Henry is going to establish a lot on the ground. He got bottled up last week. And I feel like when Derrick Henry, the last three weeks, really, like he had a good gr- a game against Green Bay. But – Against Denver, he only had seven points. Against the Bengals, he only had 13. And that was because he had like a 70-yard catch uh, or he had a four-yard catch and then a 66-yard run with that Mm. catch. But Derrick Henry, one of these weeks, is going to go off. And the next three weeks, he plays the Eagles, the Jags, and the Chargers, and then the Houston Texans. So those are four crazy good matchups that I think that he is going to – you know, supplant himself back at the top of running back 
uh, for fantasy. He gets 20 points this week. We talked about the Rams defense and no Aaron Donald. So I feel like Kenneth Walker is going to have some lanes to run through this week. I think he gets 20 points. My only thing real quick with just that is that teams were, were teams in the past. Uh, we saw it. We saw it uh, last year with the Rams when they played the Niners the first game of the year and they just ran all over the Niners. And in the second game in the regular season, even though they still lost, what the Rams did to fix that was not have Aaron Donald rush the quarterback, but more plug up the holes and kind of plug up the running and plugging up the game that way. Um, So even Aaron Donald being out, I don't know if it really affects that much of the run game the guy makes tackles he can one-arm tackle anyone it doesn't matter who you who who's running the ball or whoever but um i think i i don't know how much it's really going to affect the run game now as is regardless with aaron without aaron the defense as a whole is just is has been bad this year so um aaron donald obviously superstar one of the greatest it's gonna affect it i think it's gonna affect more of the passing game than the running game but we'll we'll see on that yeah i i you like i said you know the rams better than i do so we'll see um kenneth walker can hit his projections at 14 and then travis Etienne jr if he's completely healthy that detroit lions defense trash and so he's projected at 15 and I can see him hitting 20. I think it's I think it's time for him to get back into the end zone. I feel like it's been a little bit. Um, and he went through a stretch where he was getting 20 points a game. And I think he gets back on mm-hmm. track there. So I think 120 receiving yards for him would be really nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what you're looking for. So, yeah, I think this is a matchup that's going to be exciting. I think it's going to go back and forth a little bit. I do think I'm just going to go into predictions now. I do think Phillips is going to... Um, is I think most of it looks like most of a Shane's team plays at 10 a.m. I think around one o'clock or sorry, 1 32 o'clock, Phillips is going to kind of take off with a Kenneth Walker. Um, and and then at night, I think it's he's he's only going to need a couple points by CD, and CD will be able to get that against the Colts. Yeah, I'm with you too. I, I, even though I'm, I'm always picking on White Walker, uh, that team is just. That's good. I think you mentioned it, uh, ETN. Either you mentioned it on the pod or we, I heard it somewhere, but I think uh, ETN's injury that knocked him out of the game last week wasn't serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in – I mean, it's been a while since the Jags have been in a game where they absolutely need a player to stay on and, and to win them a game. But I think in a situation where uh, the injury is more precautionary that he could have probably went back in there and played and we see it by him – being active, ready to go. It's just his team is just, just AJ Brown and and CD Lamb. You talked about about that trade and uh, maybe the little misfire you had sending out CD Lamb, but just those two right now are two good teams. And it's crazy to think. Besides Foster Moreau, um, in some respects, those two AJ Brown and CD Lamb are the weak points on his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two guys that I would have the biggest question marks, and I, I would. That's that's remarkable. So I'm gonna, regardless of how I'm doing, picking teams, I'm I'm taking Ken White Walker every week if everyone's healthy. I'm gonna take him this week against QB Sneaks. All right, 
Welcome back to Baki's Bets, where you make money every single week. That is true. It is true. Uh, I'm not sure what my record is. That was Blake's job, but he has failed at that. TBD. It's TBD. Uh, it's TBD, but I do know that I'm over 50% this year. I have a lot more winning weeks than losing weeks. Last week, I was 2-1, and one, and the only loss that I had was because the New Orleans Saints haven't done something um, is since about 15, 20 years ago, and that was get shut out. Uh, I had Saints plus nine against the San Francisco 49ers. That game ended at 13 to zero. And I cannot tell you how many times I saw the Saints driving and then just turning the ball over. Kamara had a fumble on the two yard line going in. Uh, so just one of those unlucky games. Uh, but I did get lucky with the Commanders win. They got an interception on the goal line to save that minus four, which I really liked that game. So, um, yeah, two one Baki's bets. The last two weeks have been five and one, and I believe I was two and one before that too. So we're at we're looking at a seven and two the last three weeks. These three games these uh, this week, um, a couple of uh, big spreads, um, and one big game that I like here at the Packers at the Bears. I'm going to take the over at forty four and a half. It doesn't seem that the weather is going to be that much of an issue, but with Justin Fields back. The Packers' defense is just bad. They gave up so many rushing yards to Jalen Hurts last week, and I can see Justin Fields doing somewhat of the same. Green Bay can still score, and the Bears' defense is really bad as well. So over 44.5, that is my first pick. My second pick is I hate big big spreads. I hate them. I hate them. I feel like backdoor, they can happen all the time. Uh, grandma left the back door open and not this week though and this week the Dallas Cowboys aren't going to let that back door open because they did last week against the Giants and I lost money because they did that last second touchdown but Matt Ryan is going to see ghosts by halftime Matt Ryan is going to get sacked six seven times against this Cowboys defense and they're going to struggle to move the ball at all on the road against the Cowboys and not only is Matt Ryan going to get waxed, but Jeff Saturday, you might as well just go back to ESPN right now. There is no chance that the Indianapolis Colts are going to make this game respectable. Unfortunately, we all have to suffer and watch it on a Sunday night. So give me Dallas minus 10 and a half. The Colts defense isn't terrible, but I do think with all the weapons Dallas has, they're going to score 20 to 24 points. And I really do think that the Colts are going to struggle to even score 10. So give me the Cowboys minus 10 and a half. My last game, and I'm saying it right now, Uh-oh. is my game of the year. The Tennessee Titans. We're not going to do money line. Okay, Those money line for, for, for spreads could be a little greedy. We are just going to take the points at plus four and a half. We're going to lay the points. Plus four and a half Tennessee Titans. Now, Derrick Henry is going to have a big game. The Titans lost last week against the Bengals. Very physical game. One of those games that Mike Vrabel loves to play. The Philadelphia Eagles, although they are winning, they barely beat the Colts. They barely beat the Packers. This Tennessee Titans team is going to be ready. They're going to be hungry for a win. Derrick Henry is going to be able to run the ball down the Philadelphia Eagles' throats. I think that the Tennessee defense is going to play very good. 
Um, and I just think this is going to be a close game. The Titans have played teams great the entire year. They are 7-4. and four. They've only lost by more than four points once this entire season, and that was getting blown out in Week 2 in Buffalo. So give me the Titans, plus 4.5. Lock it in. Put whatever money you have. You need to take out a loan, do it. It's Baki's bet of the year. So... I'm going to tail one of your picks here as my upset money line of the week. I am taking the Bears over the Packers. Now, we just talked about it. Aaron Rodgers owns uh, this Bears team. But this is unlike any Bears team he's played against in the last, like, three to five years. Justin Fields is an absolute game changer. Now, first matchup was was probably the worst statistical quarterback game that anyone has ever seen um but this is a new justin fields this offense is different they've opened it up they allowed him to run the ball we keep banging on about houston being the worst rush uh defense in the nfl jake do you want to guess who the second worst rush defense is in the in the nfl mm, i guess the packers it is the packers um they are averaging letting up 154 yards on the ground per game. Now, David Montgomery and Justin Fields. I I expect to see that this week. I expect to see. I'm I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna say they rush for n- near 200 total yards, and that is the blueprint for how the Bears want to play. This is a game where Aaron Rodgers is coming in wearing a. Uh, he's gonna be wearing some sort of a brace over his rib. So the first time he's done that in the NFL. I was reading some report that he only did that once in college. He's banged up. This is a game that. If he gets out of hand early, if he takes a bad hit, they're middle of the road in terms of protecting him and allowing sacks because obviously Aaron Rodgers holds on to the ball uh, for like three seconds. It doesn't allow those sacks, but nothing really has inspired me much uh, lately except for obviously last week against the Eagles about uh, the Packers offense this year. I feel like it's going to turn into a track meet and literally not by score. It's going to be on the ground. It's going to be Aaron Jones first Montgomery and Justin Fields and in that scenario I like the Bears I like them uh, money line here they are currently at uh, three and a half plus 155 give me the Bears just give me the Bears give me Justin Fields in this matchup 